Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to another episode of Disney vs. Disney Debates, where we will find the best Disney movie ever made. I am your Grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, and I am here with two new debaters this week, two have who have not debated here before. I have Shane Anderson. Hello, hello. And Dottie May. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so before we get into the bait, Shane, Tell us a little bit, little bit about you. Um, who are you? What are you doing? Who am I? I am, I am a ghost. I no. Uh, I am. Uh, my name's Shane. I'm a filmmaker in Brisbane. I do movies, and I have the retail day job to pay to make the movies because currently it's a not a self sufficient uh, <laughs> job choice. But what? Uh, no. Yeah. Artist, starving artist. Movies really? make billions of dollars though. <laughs> All of them do, except <laughs> mine. Uh, and I also run. I also have a podcast on the sister network, the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, where we talk about. Movies and TV, obviously, because that's like my only skill set. <laughs> of course. And why do you like Disney? Uh, I think Disney are iconic. Like as far as I, as an, having an obsession with cinema, Disney have literally like codified the language that we use in animated films. Since They sure have. And what movie are you arguing for today? I am arguing for The Sword and the Stone. Ah, uh, the 1963 Classic. Yes. And Dottie May. Hello. Who are you? What do you do? Who Why are you here? Am I? I am Dottie May. <laughs> I am uh, the creator and facilitator of the humor experiment. Um, and I'm an entertainer and performer. And what's the humor experiment? It's a lot of laughs. Um, we've got just a- laughing by <laughs> yourself. In yeah, a room. yeah, facing the wall. <laughs> I have to make sure I close off every other <laughs> potential avenue. Um, no. Uh, so the humor experiment. We have a podcast. Um, we have something called the Clown Lab. Um, essentially, it's about bringing joy and laughter to a beautiful community of people excellent and yeah. why do you like disney uh i like disney because of the feels <laughs> they do they do the feels <laughs> yeah. they give you the feels they do and then they take them away <laughs> <laughs> but then most of the time it's a happy ending and they give them back excellent and what movie are you arguing for today bambi bambi okay so before we get into it let me remind our debaters the format So we have already rolled a dice to determine who was going first. Shane won the roll and decided that Dottie would be going first. (laughs) And so opening up in round one, you will each have three minutes to make your opening statements about why your film is great. Then your opponent will have the same. Then a two-minute rebuttal as, as to why your opponent's film is inferior to yours. 
Then we'll have a little bit of a break, come back with an open discussion and questions about the movies and how they compare to each other. Then you'll each have one minute to summarise your arguments as to why your film is the better Disney film. And then I will make my decision. You make it. <laughs> I do. Do you I'm take I am the grandmaster. <laughs> it is, uh, look, maybe. I don't know what you're going to bribe me with. What's the minimum uh, in for your bribes? 10,000. Okay, 10,000 10, chocolate cloud kisses. noses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before the talk of bribery goes too far, <laughs> let's get into the debate. And so, Dottie, we'll be throwing to you. You'll have three minutes for your opening statements with a warning bell at two, and I'll cut you off at three. So your time starts as soon as... As you start talking. Okay, I'm just going to wrap this out. The score and the gradual development of story in Bambi and the illustration um, makes you feel peaceful. You can't watch it without feeling peaceful. Um, It's child-friendly. It's helpful for nap time. Purity, (laughs) innocence, bam, animals, a message about the effects of hunting for sport. It's bad. I want Thumper as a friend. On a big night out, he'd be perfect because... You get in a scramble, he'd be there holding back your hair while you vomit in the toilet. The slow development with characters connects you with the simplicity of the and uh, of the story, and um, it helps us to like fall in love with them, and which makes it more heartfelt than when poor Bambi's mum dies. Um, and then animals, yeah, simpler way of being. Woo, calming. Um, we see. All the things that bond a mother and child, nestling together every night, teaching about survival, gathering food, a mother's role as protector, and it's very heart-wrenching then when that loss happens. Uh, Anti-gun message. Woo! The fact that he assumes she's fine when she's actually dead makes it more tragic. (laughs) 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 A representation. The representation of loss and feeling alone in the world is a universal experience that when told in a story can be soothing for all kinds of people of all ages that may relate to that. My owl's better than yours. (laughs) (laughs) The end. (laughs) Is that it? Um, Also, uh, protect animals. And I met somebody that works at Four Paws on the street before I came here and I told him that I'd give his charity a shout-out because I'm an artist and I can't afford to give him money. Okay, well, shout-out to Four Paws. Uh, and I guess uh, well, I'll stop the timer there. Well done. That is a very unique approach. <laughs> and I'm interested to hear some of Shane's rebuttals to that. But before we get into rebuttals, uh, so Shane, you'll have three minutes to tell me okay. why... The Sword and the Stone is the best Disney film ever. And your time starts when you start talking. The Sword and the Stone is by far the most intelligent film from Disney. And unlike a great deal of other Disney films, my opponents included, is still relevant today. The first Disney animated feature to have a sole directorial voice, director Wolfgang Reitherman, one of the OG Disney 9, proceeded to codify what is known as Disney's Silver Age. A box office hit, it continued the run of successes that pulled Disney out of its post-war depression and, in a radical move, taking the post-war zeitgeist where masculinity and bravado were lionised, the sword in the stone dared to take a stand against toxic masculinity. 
Favoring a message of brains over brawn, the sword and the stone solidifies ideas that are perhaps still tragically relevant today, set in a dark age where people live in fear of one another, butting their heads against a brick wall, all muscle, no mentality, one big medieval mess. Sound familiar? We follow the adventure of <laughs> Arthur or Wart, a young scrawny boy who doesn't fit the world's definition of what a man should be. While he's destined to be king, as we all know, he, like us, has some growing up to do. To speak of memorable moments in this film, the entire structure is built around them, and in each one, a valuable lesson for young Arthur contained within. The fifth sequence, where we learn nothing ventured, nothing gained. The heartbreaking squirrel sequence, where we learn of the forces of nature and the all-encompassing power of love, the greatest force on earth. The bird sequence, where the world is not just mechanics, but art and poetry matters. And finally, the iconic wizard's duel, cited by many animators as the best character animation to that date, where all the lessons and the idea that knowledge and wisdom is the true power are put to the test. These great scenes are peppered with more amazing sequences, including the greatest packing up scene in cinema history with animate crockery <laughs> predating Be Our Guest. All of it is underscored by, and this brings us to, the magic music. The Sword in the Stone was the first of Disney's animated feature films to employ the unmatched duo of Sherman and Sherman, who created iconic music for Mary Poppins, The Jungle Book, The Aristocrats, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Thus, The Sword in the Stone is responsible for the creation of the musical sound we know and define as Disney-esque to this day. This cinematic rebuke against people who sneer at education is done so with the aid of colourful storytelling, painting the world in dull hues and leaving Merlin and Arthur in bright primary blue and red respectively, and Mad Madam Mim, who represents people obsessed with power and winning. She sets rules she isn't willing to follow herself, and she's represented by bombastic, brash, uncomfortably clashing colours of purple and violent magenta. The Storm in the Stone engages in a risky yet rewarding endeavour to entertain the idea that the way forward is with thought and reason. The true Disney touch of the piece is the ability to make such an erudite message so palatable for audiences of all ages and make it they did a movie relevant in 1963 and still relevant in 2019 that's 55 years of teaching generations the value of an education that magic can't solve everything that knowledge and wisdom is the true power and when packing to leave books are always first all right also didn't need the whole time congratulations well done okay that's a lot of points (laughs) for your movies I would like to hear some points against your opponent's movie. So, Dottie, we, again, we will start with you. You'll have two minutes. No warning. I'll just cut you off at the end of two minutes if you need that long as to why The Sword in the Stone is not as good as Bambi. And your time starts when you start talking. I would like to rebut the fact that you said that yours is more relevant today than, than Bambi because Bambi is very very, very relevant um, because of the need to protect animals in the current state of the world and to work against animal cruelty. And it's a very, very compassionate look at the relationship of of animals and the love that actually is shared there and that, that animals do feel lost. And, it, and even though we don't um, relate to them because we think that we're more superior, they matter just as much. Um, also, the universal message of loss and the healing power of love is depicted in Bambi and very, very heartfelt, um, which is a message that will be timeless forever, which is what timeless means. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> also, April Showers, that is a sick song. It's beautiful and blissful and that song cannot be matched. Also, Mad Madam Mim is terrifying. No one wants to see that. The healing power of love and overcoming trauma, once again, universal message understood by most people, and Bambi's cute. Bam. B. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Shane, 
Okay. Please answer for those. Here we go. Bambi is beautiful, yes, but Bambi is not much else. At a thin one hour and seven minutes, there's barely enough story time to say anything, and even then, it's a film where nothing really happens. Bambi is born, he walks around, his mother dies, he has kids. No journey is made, and Bambi the hero does not change the world, nor is the world cha- nor is he changed by it. The status quo simply exists and remains by the end of the film. As a film, Bambi also reinforces bad traditional gender roles. Women are helpless victims who serve the sole purpose as partners for men and wombs to be fertilised. Fellini is constantly a damsel in distress during the course of her myth 30 minutes of screen time, including a scene where she is taken by a rival deer whom Bambi has to physically defeat in a fight that sends the message that a man's measure is based purely on his physical prowess and women are just prizes to be won. Furthermore, the men in this film with Bambi's father at the forefront are idolized idolized as stoic, distant and emotionless. I mean, his wife died and he doesn't even care. And when the forest is burning around them, he demands Bambi get up, but he doesn't actually help him. At the centre is the mother's death. It is, when you ask people, the only memorable moment, one of tragedy exploited for shock. Despite it being considered very powerful, it's actually a watered down scene too and we never see her die and Disney actually deliberately erased the hunter from being featured in the scene so as not to anger hunters and pro-gun parties. By keeping him out of the film and refusing to give a face to the villain, it dilutes the moment to tragedy for tragedy's sake. Furthermore, this centrepiece provides nothing to be learned other than crap happens and the tone is immediately undercut by a happy spring song seconds after she dies. The tonal 180 doesn't give us the opportunity to comprehend what's going on. There's no journey or growth to be gleaned from the event and the mother's death becomes a plot device. Sure, these gender roles might have been of their time. However, it has dated very poorly in today's standards. And you know what? Considering Bambi was made when Lauren Bacall was the reigning queen of the silver screen, I think it's potentially dated at the time of release as well. All right. Didn't need the whole time. Very confident, both of you. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's take a break uh, and we will come back with a brief question and answer portion of Bambi, the Sword and the Stone. Okay. Bambi, the Sword and the Stone. Firstly, I have a submitted question um, from someone in our studio audience and it goes like this. It is directed only at Shane. Is the sword and the stone really about positive role models if an elderly wizard spends the entire film with no pants on hanging around with an underage child? It's accurate to fashion in medieval times. <laughs> Just saying, underwear and hosiery did not really exist back then. In fact, no, nor did nor did bras. Uh, there was probably like very, very, very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We'll, we'll get our fact, fact checker on that one because <laughs> well, men wore loincloths. I know that, but they didn't wear like underwear. Of course, yeah, uh, because our oh, our faithful fact no. checker Julie Eisentrager. Hello. I'd also like to ask, how, how does one know that he is not wearing clothes underneath the robe? Well, no, he's not wearing pants, I believe, is how the question was phrased. Pants. So he's wearing like an undershirt but no pants? I didn't <laughs> ask the question. I was just doing my duty as a host. Uh, so do we have any facts that need to be checked? Yes, a very petty one. Okay. And I just took great delight in how petty it was. Bambi, runtime. How long did you say it was? I said one hour and seven minutes. It's one hour and ten minutes. You're checking the American (laughs) one, which 
It's longer. Which times change made by an American of, company? Or? The times change depending on the region. It's an hour and seven minutes according to Stan, which has the whole Disney collection on there, and I watched it just now. I don't know. The people that made it told me it was one hour and ten minutes. Okay, well, petty facts aside, I have <laughs> Oh, and there's questions. also definitely medieval underwear. I'm seeing bras. I'm seeing things that could be classed as like a as like a sexy little G side. Yes, but how in underwear. use were they outside of the aristocracy? And did wizards wear them? This I is think, true. I think a wizard, you know, I think he would definitely have. I mean, he's magic. He can just magically hold everything up. And them. also, he did go to the 20th century Bermuda. Uh, but then he comes back with pants. He does come back with pants, but they <laughs> disappear at the end as well. <laughs> Who knows? You know, he puts a robe over the top of it. You never know. You never know. Oh, no. Well, mm, there's I definitely have, underwear being worn. <laughs> I do have some questions. Now, Dottie made the accusation that her owl is better than <laughs> Shane's owl. So Archimedes uh, is the better owl. I would like both of you to speak to that point. Which? Why is your owl better than your opponent's? My owl has a name. That's not just Owl. It's like Mr. Owl or something like that in Bambi. Mine's Archimedes. He's a character that goes on a full-fledged journey. He's a stubborn, unfriendly person. He learns to open up a little bit. It's a much more dimensional character and a scholarly type who who imparts upon Wart one of the three major lessons of the film. So that's that's my argument. And he teaches us about flight, whereas yours just teaches the kids about sex. <laughs> Dottie, why is that not important? <laughs> we all know why sex is important. That's why the world's populated. But anyway. Um, Overpopulated, I, I might would, add. Actually, that's becoming less of a problem, <laughs> I may add. Um, <laughs> I would argue that the owl, named Owl, mm-hmm. <laughs> serves a fabulous role in this film amongst all the beautiful, cute characters that we love and adore he is very irritating, and I must say that everybody loves someone to hate on a screen. Okay. And he offers us that. Let's be honest. That's very important. <laughs> True. <laughs> so my next question is, Dottie, uh, you spoke about the Sword in the Stone having very scary moments in it. Yes. And we all know about the tragic moments in Bambi. Mm -hmm. So I would like both of you to talk about the emotional response that the intended audience children would have to your film. And but also now as adults, the emotional response that your film elicits. Dodie, would you like to go first? (laughs) I'd love to. Um, so I would say Mim is just terrifying and slightly traumatic to watch. Um, and I would maintain that stance as a grown up. <laughs> Unnecessarily <laughs> terrifying. Not no one a, needs that. Maybe Sorry. not as terrifying as the death of a child's mother, but I would argue, and it's weird because the thing came up on Twitter like just a day about this, I thought it was the, it's that like Mad Madam Mim is completely underrated Disney villain. She essentially walks to the likes of Ursula could run or swim. Uh, more credit needs to be given to the history of eccentric animated outcast wizards with witches with a flair for the dramatic. Uh, and unlike another villain, she chooses to be ugly to annoy people. A great I think- representation of femininity. That. Leads me into my next question. Shane, you were quite uh, 
quite critical of the representation of women in <laughs> Bambi. I would like you to answer to the representation of women yeah. <laughs> in Sword in the Stone. That's okay. where I was going. Well, because in Sword in the Stone, the villain isn't Madame Mim. The villain is ignorance. She is fueled by a, a, a consumption of the idea that power is power, but that's not something that's only shared by the women. All of the men in the, all of the the opposing men, so Wart's adopted father and the brute whose name I cannot cannot remember, um, they all share the same thing. So it's not something they assign to just women to say this is just women and they have um, – she's not bad because she's a woman. You know, she considers herself to be the most magically powerful. Uh, she sets the rules she isn't willing to follow and she's defeated not with brawn but with brains. And more to the point, Merlin does not kill her unlike all of these other female Disney villains. She is defeated – she's outwitted and she's left – to get better. And that's one female character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's not so so it's as important as it is to have positive representations of female characters, which this film doesn't really have, it's also equally important to present a better idea of what men should be. And this film's entire philosophy is built around that. And one film can't be everything for everyone, you know. All of Disney up until however long was like whitewashed to hell. So <laughs> uh, I believe Dottie has something to say. I have a rebuttal because I just think it's interesting that your argument was about toxic masculinity or just anything that related to masculinity because I really do think that the feminine the fem- femininity is un- underrepresented in this film as it's mostly about m- men and Mim is kind of the only woman character in there and she's a crazy bitch <laughs> but so are the <laughs> evil men so yeah, but, like, but where's be, but where's the non-crazy bitch role for women? It's not there, but where's exactly? The non, it's very, very heavy the on the masculine front. It's very much male orientated. All right, okay. Well, uh, do you have any questions for each other? I do. When you're going to sit down to have a <laughs> Disney night, like because everyone kind of does the little Disney nights with their friends every now and mm-hmm. then, is Bambi the first or even the fifth film you put on the pile to watch? Can I answer that? Yeah. I would say that Bambi is the film that I put on when I'm home alone and I want to feel comforted and rested and I want to feel calm and I want to connect to my inner child and enjoy the innocence and purity of Disney. Okay. (laughs) And have the best sleep of my life followed by perhaps a bath. So what you're saying, it's not a party movie. No, but it's not trying to be. All right. Okay, well... We're going to go straight into our summary mm-hmm. now, unless there are any facts that need to be checked, Julie. Um, and again, another semi-petty one. However, the owl in Bambi does have a name and it's not Mr. Owl. <laughs> Something like that, though. It's like the no, owl is in the name. It's far more endearing. It's friend owl. Friend. <laughs> As opposed to enemy owl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the bad guy Al. <laughs> okay, well, so as is tradition, Dottie, you'll be going first. You'll have one minute with no warning. I'll just cut you off at the end to summarise both why Bambi is the best Disney film ever and why Sword in the Stone is not. And your time starts when you start talking. There was a little bit of negativity about coming at Bambi, about the storytelling and that there's not much in it. I disagree. It's very visual-based storytelling, which is beautiful and simplistic, and it means it's relatable and comforting, which is a rarity that makes it more beautiful. Um, 
I have commented on the mass toxic masculinity and argued against that. Um, the father figure is a strong figure that holds together, holds holds himself together in order to be what his son needs, as opposed to the argument that came from the opposition. Um, the the gun issue is still. Um, uh, it was still progressive for its time. The fact that they dialed it down so it could still get past the gates is a really great way for for it to have still been a progressive film. Um, also, I think the song April Showers coming straight after a traumatic event means that the audience can sit with their feelings and really feel it quite strongly due to the contrast in what's happening in the film straight after. Well yep. done, well spoken. Shane? Sorry. Can I, like, do a minor fact check? Little April Showers happens before the mother's death. Wait, what did you say? Mm. No, no, I, said I just... happy spring song. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay, right. I was going to say, I'm like... Can I clarify that or am yeah. I, like, locked in? No, no, no. I think <laughs> that was... I think, prison. I, th- I think that was pretty pretty clear uh, uh, answer, okay. answer to Shane's question. Great. Okay. Uh, so, Shane, you will have one minute and your time starts when you start talking. The Sword in the Stone and Bambi are two rather different films, yes, but it's important to look at the lasting impact each has had. Bambi is often cited as memorable, but it's only memorable for the traumatising scene of his mother's death and it's trauma without purpose. It just happens. It's exploitative tragedy porn. The Sword in the Stone, meanwhile, has a poignant scholarly message that was relevant in 1963 and is still relevant and meaningful today. Executed with the full force of Disney's cinematic magic, we are taken on a journey with the memorable characters of Arthur Merlin and Archimedes through wild adventures, each with their own valuable lessons for Arthur and for us, the audience. The Sword in the Stone teaches us to value brains over brawn, even when the world around you tells you that only power is power. It teaches us that there is a different way of reason and science, and most importantly, to quote Arthur, just because you can't understand something doesn't mean it's wrong. Okay, to the point, and that's it. (laughs) So now I would like uh, you to take some time and tell each other why you like the other person's film. Uh, as I tabulate my scores. Cool. But, isn't, but isn't this going to help the opposition? No, no more points, points added. Points are out now. Points are, points are down, was, points are final. I was going to say, like, you are 100% right. The fact that it doesn't have a plot is not a bad thing. <laughs> I found it really hard to make that argument because always on my own podcast, I'm harping on about the idea that, like, the dramaturgy is, like, the least important thing with cinema because cinema is about the generation of mythic images and Bambi's like, some of the most beautiful Disney images still like this was I realized this when I was watching it Bambi was like the first Disney movie I ever saw like mm. ever and so much of it because I haven't watched it in over over nearly two decades and yet I can still remember so much of that movie when I was putting it on I was like quoting it alongside and doing all the things so I thought that like it's a beautiful movie and Little April Showers is like beyond iconic like up there in the top 10 Disney moments of all time I think and also I love the idea that the music is uh, not songs. It's um, like these abstract choral pieces that happen yeah. around. I thought that was a really, when I'm watching, I'm like, that's actually quite different and unique and you haven't kind of seen it before and you haven't kind of seen it since, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the things I love about Bambi. Um, what I love about The Sword and the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I may not have spent as much time with the stone. <laughs> I, I I like the message of the sword and the stone. I like that it does focus on intellect. I think that that's something that is probably like that. That's like storytelling. That's probably not not very common. It's very um, lacking, especially on. in the day of the 
superhero movie where everyone's like, let's who yeah, can yeah. punch them the most yeah. wins in the modern day. So and it and it's it's a very truthful message as well. So it's you know um, a lot can be done with intellect in terms of fighting all kinds of atrocities in the world, and so it's a great representation of that. And I think that. I love what I love about um I love Merlin like he's a legend. Um I mean I want I want to be adopted by Merlin. When I was um, watching this, I was like, oh god, I I I identified with Merlin when I was like seven years old, and I he's such a lovely with, mentor. He's just, but he's such a like a grouch. He's like fed up with the whole world around it. Yeah, but in like a lovable is. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they based him off of Disney himself. Ah. I was reading up about that, which I thought was interesting. And then like I like all the little moments and little nuggets of wisdom along the way. Like there's lots mm. of like little moments where you're like, oh, perfect. That's just such a moment of truth telling. And that's really cool. Universal truths. Yeah. All right. I have the points. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 I'm just glad <laughs> I made it. <laughs> uh, so let me start out talking about the message in these films. <laughs> Both of you came out really strong with the talking of uh, of of grief mainly in, in Bambi, but also that that comforting and that friendship and that really positive message. Um, and then the more political specifically uh, as it relates to the modern day messages in The Sword and the Stone, um, I think both of you uh, were right in that they, they do still resonate and I think that's, that's the special thing that Disney does. Uh, when it came to the points, though, both movies tied in this category. Oh. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> um, Bambi, Bambi had a few more points made for it, but also a few more made against it. Uh, and so you both ended up even. And this is the only category that this has happened. Oh, okay. um, how, how often do categories tie? Every, yeah, maybe 50% of the time. Woo. 50% <laughs> of debates. Uh, so I, the one where the one category where Bambi streaked ahead was the Disney touch. I think Bambi being so early in the Disney canon and like you were saying in your why you like Bambi so much, it did so many things that Disney hadn't already done and really hasn't really touched on again, but that's why so many people related to it the 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 nonverbal communication mm. um and the way that it 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 did deal with it and so disney that that disney touch is where bambi streaked ahead i was going to say bambi is disney's favorite of his own movies wow. yeah uh i mean i i can't i knew that but i couldn't throw that <laughs> yeah. in because you know, I'm impartial. I'm a, I'm a good grandmaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> where the sword and the stone took took it well in a way was the movie magic, um, the talk of the animation and that the sequence, the wizard jewel sequence, um, and the the animated uh, packing seat sequence, um, <laughs> the 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 back from Bermuda sequence. I think. This is really kind of Disney stretching their legs into what is possible. And the style of the animation is something that we hadn't seen before. Overall, uh, I was like, is this the final category? <laughs> oh, no. I hate competitions. <laughs> Bambi took out memorable moments and Sword in the Stone took out music. So what we have is a tie. 
in oh, which no. in which case I tabulate the in, the total points for and against, and whoever has the most points wins. And today I get to say that the Sword in the Stone is the better Disney film. Ah, <laughs> uh, so very it was fight. it was very close, and I didn't very know what fight. to expect. From I'm sorry, day. Bambi. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was so close. It was so close. I'm like a dying mother. I abandon you. And I think that if you think I've made the wrong decision. You can go to Facebook. There will be a poll. Bambi, I think, stands a really good chance save of, Bambi. of beating out Hashtag Sword and Stone. Hashtag save Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it trending on Twitter, guys. <laughs> so thank you again to Dottie for fighting valiantly for our little dear friend. I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank you to Shane uh, for for arguing for Sword in the Stone. And thank you to our Grandmaster Zane, as ah, always. Yes, yes thank me. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank me. Um, so, Dottie, where can people find you? Where would you like people to send you if they want to learn more about you as a person uh i am dora explore on instagram it's how D- did you get that handle that's got to be that's a pretty good oh, feat. Yeah, hey, hey, i'm just going to tell you the trick right now so it's d-o-r-a-x plore p-l-o-r-e <laughs> tricky that's where you can find me please don't not find me because I just said tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and great. Shane, uh, you can find uh, my podcast, Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, on Twitter and Facebook. It's uh, Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. We're on Facebook at Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, and you can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. And I also have a feature film that is available on demand. <laughs> you go vimeo.com slash on demand slash red curtain hell, and you can use your, the code Picture Rangers and get twenty percent off your rental purchase. I've Made a feature film. So. If you had to compare Red Curtain Hell to either Bambi or Sword in the Stone, oh, it doesn't. Think- <laughs> <laughs> Not Disney. The, the self-deprecating artist in me is convinced <laughs> of its terrible quality, but it's a fun movie. Okay, and thank you again to Julie Eisentrager for fact-checking us Ooh, right through Thank you, here. Julie. Here to be petty, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll catch you all next week. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page. That is where the poll, which may qualify Bambi to come through as a wild card into the second round of the debate. Look, all it needs is like 2% or something Safe like Bambi. that. Safe, At the moment, the lowest, the lowest qualifier for the for the uh, wild card round is Lilo and Stitch with one percent. Hey now, so don't I- touch my one percent. <laughs> <laughs> so it is anyone's game. Still, you can find Go us on it. Instagram. You I'll can find us on Twitter, <laughs> uh, and you can find us online at that's not dot com. And we'll catch you next time, everyone. Keep watching Disney. <laughs>
important lessons. Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical. Subscribe to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.